It is Encounter God with God time here on The Breakfast Show. It is time to get into Bible study. Before we do, let's jump into text messages and questions for our quiz. All right. This is, guys, the second last chance to get into the quiz. The question is, the fruits of the Spirit are listed in which book of the New Testament? 0491 is the number to call if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you will go into the draw to win a puzzle or a CD. What? Well, no, you'll win both of those things, but you just you can make a selection of either or, which is awesome. So 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And again, that question was, which book of the Bible is the spirit, the fruits of the spirit listed in? Okay, you're starting to run out of chances, guys. Yep. Puzzles are awesome. I enjoy puzzles. I Uh rarely do a puzzle, but I always enjoy it. It's one of those things that becomes addictive. It sits on the kitchen table, and every time you walk past, you've got to find a piece that goes somewhere, Uh and it's so satisfying when you Uh find that. You get so many many, uh, positive endorphins and dopamine hits every time you put one of those pieces in there. Uh It's It's just cool. That's right. Puzzles are amazing. Please. Music as well. Yeah, music, puzzles, yes. you, we've got it all here. All right, so talking about Gulwa uh-huh. in South Australia. Again, this is the Gulwa show. Yes, and their wooden boat festival. Uh-huh. Uh, Braden says he has three wooden kayaks. Oh, do they count? Well, that's what he's asking. So uh, let me see. Suzanne is from Victor Harbour. Maybe she's been to the wooden boat festival. Maybe she can let us know, let Braden know whether whether his wooden kayaks are going to count for the wooden boat festival. Uh-huh. Uh, Braden's going to have a bit of a travel, but they're kayaks, so you can put them on the roof. So uh, he's going to, to drive there a little bit. Yep. But uh, three wooden kayaks is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I don't know whether you take them down rapids. Uh, I mean, the sea they kayaks. they really heavy? No. No, they'd be light as a feather. Oh, anyway. Okay. All right. Uh, this uh, next text message says, the idea that you can't assign a gender to a corpse or a fossil is insulting to the people of the past. I'm so glad the I'm glad God, the creator of us and the universe, most qualified scientist has the most qualified scientist has told us humanity had male and female individuals, unique, valued, and important. That's that's pretty true. Like if someone came across my corpse and was like, "Hey, like, well, my bones," yes, like, "Hey, we don't know whether this person." Yeah, that's really disrespectful. I would be like, obviously I can't be upset because I'm I'm dead. But like, it's incredibly disrespectful to the dead. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's see what else have we got here. Uh, The future is now nanotechnology to brush your teeth. I'll stick to my old fashioned toothbrush. Thank you. Yeah, it's actually funny because the article was making this big point about like, oh, brushing your teeth can be burdensome. And I'm like, to who? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I know. And then the application was like, oh, to those who, you know, have particular um, disabilities that would enable, you know, like that would make teeth brushing be really hard. I'm like, okay, but like to me, I can brush my teeth. Thank you. That's funny. There you go. So, uh, producer Shelley's just texted in. Really? Yes. To talk to us. To say that she has landed. Oh, yay. <laughs> she might have been texting me, but I'm pretty happy that she's landed, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Botswana and HIV, that is great news. Too bad that HIV 
was a gift to the people from the World Health Organization. Oh, let's get into the conspiracy theories here this morning. Mm. Uh, since the beginning of the epidemic, 78.3 million people have been infected and 36.3 million have died of HIV globally. Mm. At the end of 2020, 37.6 million people are living with HIV. Mm. What a tragedy of unimaginable proportions. And uh, really, it's one of those diseases that is easily dealt with. Mm. If everybody simply followed the Bible, it wouldn't exist. Yeah. And that's like, well, HIV is a tough one because, again, like it transfers through through birth and that's what they've eliminated, <laughs> yes. which is amazing. Um, but, but once again, if everybody followed the Bible, it wouldn't transfer that's through right. birth the, the, because the, the mother wouldn't have it. The, the father simple have it. reality of Sad. pretty much all of sexually transmitted diseases is that if monogamy... You can wipe them out. If monogamy, like, if monogamy was practiced... You, that would all be done within one generation. Yeah. You know, wipe those diseases out in one yep. generation. Uh-huh. Okay, Gog and Magog, in this theatre of war, a play is being played or controlled by the New World Order and the papacy. Look at the bigger picture. The Bible tells us that all the world will worship the beast and will give its power to the beast. We live in the last days. This has to do with total control of the world through fear. Soon the false saviour will appear and the whole world will worship him. Valid point? Uh-huh. That's why the Bible says there will be wars and rumors of wars. That nations will there will be hatred amongst the nations. Mm. That's what we see: anger amongst the nations. Uh, the gender question: These people are just literally stupid. <laughs> yep, don't hold back this morning. Uh, they gave their minds over to Satan, who no longer who no uh, Satan who no longer knows right from wrong. The last generation is already here. Praise God for the hundred forty four thousand. That's actually I I still stand by my comment of trans washing. The past, like trans washing idea, like archaeology. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's completely, it's completely bizarre. It, it just, you know, I, I don't even know where to, you know, because if somebody's gender, as I pointed out before, if somebody's gender is non-conforming, they're going to say that that's natural. Now, saying it's natural is another way of saying it's biological. Yeah, but if they're gender conforming, then that's a social construct. Uh huh. So which one is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, it can only be a social construct if you're gender conforming. Uh-huh. And it can't be a social construct if you're gender non-conforming. Uh-huh. But if it's biological one way, then it's got to be bi- it's just but, then, like, but then like the like the thought is like okay, particularly when we take a step back into ancient history, how how come these um g- like gender norms and and you know identifications why why were they a social standard and the answer is for biological reasons well this is the this is this is the this is the thing that you know if you look at the human species uh-huh. from an evolutionary perspective we are the most successful species on the planet uh-huh. and we've become the most successful species with uh through reproduction through reproduction <laughs> with through gender conforming Behavior. That's right. And so to say that that's just a social construct is completely against every evolutionary principle that or 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 secular morality that has ever existed. Yeah. Obviously, we're not evolutionary people. No, we're we not. And we're like, oh, we know why. Yes. Gender exists because God created it. But yeah, it's like it's 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 an ideology that holds no weight in science, and in fact, yeah. and in proof. 
Okay, it's interesting that Solomon is unrivaled in history in the amount of wives and concubines by a king. I couldn't find any king anywhere being close to that number. I would have thought that other kings would try the one-upmanship trick. No one made it. Yeah, I don't know. There was one guy. Who was that? Chinggis Khan. Yeah. Well, except he didn't marry them. He just he, raped them. He, uh, yeah, that's right. But he definitely slept with more women than Solomon. Yeah. Well, we think. Mm-hmm. We would expect. We don't we know like that one point. Uh, sorry, one in seven. One in seven people in Southeast Asia carry his DNA. Yeah, that's right. They're a descendant mm-hmm. of the Khan. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Like that's yeah, terrible. It's got a tra- that is a terrible, 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 and awful. But. but I mean, he was somebody who actually honoured the practice of rape. He was like, "This is the best thing ever." This is what we need to be doing. This is what we should do. This is how we oh. show that we have conquered our enemies. Yikes. And there is nothing more uh, honourable and satisfying than raping the wives of your enemies. That was Genghis Khan. Oh. He was one of these serial arsonists who went out and burnt the world down. He ruled the biggest empire the world has ever seen. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, he's right up there with your your Adolf Hitler's, Alexander the Great's. He's, he's up there with Stalin's, Joseph Stalin. He's up there with those guys. Yep. Yeah. But he's a national treasure to Mongolian people. To yeah, Mongolian people. Well, you know, even amongst Mongolian people, they're like, yeah, well, we uh, he's our hero, but he's a bit controversial. Yeah, that's right. It's, <laughs> they're a bit on the fence about it. But then it's like, particularly amongst like, I've talked to like um, people about going to Mongolia and amongst the children, like yes. for the adults, they learn the history and they're like, Ugh. but for children, it's just like, it's Chinggis Khan, bro. Yeah. Like he's the man, like he's, he's the greatest emperor who ever lived it's like oh so who do you guys think is a national hero it's like Genghis Khan like the- well I, you know and it's exactly the same you go to Greece it's just Alexander the Great they love yeah. the guy yeah um, and you can't blame a people for having pride over the fact that they once ruled the world yeah it's, it's just uh, it's like well how did that actually happen you gotta have a lot of uh, history in between you're listening to Faith FM positively different radio you know, it was well over. It was well over three hundred years before anybody ever called Alexander Alexander the Great. Yeah, and it was not Greeks who did that. Mm. It was Romans who did that yeah. because they were trying to create a certain propaganda. Yeah, which brings us to the point of Adolf Hitler, which everyone's like, "Oh, yeah," but you know, Genghis Khan and Adolf Hitler have. Uh, I mean, uh, Genghis Khan and Alexander the Great at least had some supporters who really appreciated what they did. In 300 years' time, there will be people who will be writing in favour of Adolf Hitler. There are already people who write in favour yeah, of Adolf Hitler. Yeah, but they're seen as being, like, on the fringe. Yeah, that's right. But the point is is that it's it's possible for people to, you know, like all the... All Reinterpret the, history. That's right. That's right. When you haven't lived in it. Correct. Okay, the character of Joseph shines through. When he became the second ruler of Egypt, he never retaliated against Potiphar or his wife. I'm sure he could have. That's a very valid point. Mm. I have to raise that with Byron next month. Uh, foot and mouth disease, another disease to change our lives for a long time if it takes hold in Australia. Great time to be a vegetarian. Amen. Praise God. Never have to worry about this particular disease affecting what I eat. Mm-hmm. Do have to worry about affecting the economy. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. And let's pray it never comes to this country. Mm. What's it called? Foot and mouth disease. Isn't 
Isn't that like when you put your foot in your mouth and it's, it's like a saying for like saying something no, that you should say? It's a disease. It's an animal disease. It's a literal animal, it's a literal disease. animal disease. And someone was like, yeah, we're going to call it the same as like a. No, a it's the other joke. way around. The joke was named after the animal disease. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> the more you learn. That's it. Let's go to Daniel 12. Let's dig into it. Oh, right. we're back. I wish we could do a week on this. Daniel 12. We're up to verse. We made it through what, two verses last week? Let's go with verse <laughs> three. Yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3. Yes. And the Bible says, Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. And this is one of the places where you get that tradition uh, within Christianity that, that you know there'll be stars in our crown and, and a star for every person that you lead to Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Because the Bible says here that those who many who lead many to righteousness uh-huh. will shine as the stars forever. It's an interesting prophecy within a culture that was quite exclusive. Mm. You know, this was not a missionary culture. The Jewish people did not have a missionary culture and a missionary endeavor to go out and to convert the entire world to this to the to the worship of Yahweh. Yeah. You kind of had like two two directions that the Jews went. I think it was like before captivity, it was like the only interaction that we have with foreigners is to like worship their gods and sleep with them. And then after the captivity, it's like the only interaction that we have with foreigners is to tell them that they are terrible people and that we don't want anything to do with them and we don't like them. That's kind of the, the way that it went. It was either it was either completely falling into like their idolatry and sexual practices yep. or it was racism. <laughs> so when you've got uh, three options and two of them are bad, that only went with the two that were bad. Yeah, yes. The history of Israel. <laughs> Okay, so we sit here, sit back and, and laugh about this. We need to be careful. We don't do the same thing. Oh, isn't that so? so true. So easy, so easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredibly true. Yes. All right, let's go to verse 4. Verse 4, it says, But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. Okay, this particular passage within the prophecy specifically relates to Daniel, the book of Daniel itself. Yes. Uh, It indicates that many will, the knowledge of the book of Daniel will be increased. Mm. People will learn more about the book of Daniel. As a result of what they learn about the book of Daniel, it will inspire missionary effort. Yeah. Uh, Which has just been talking about, you know, those that turn many to righteousness will shine as the stars forever and ever. Uh, those who learn more about the book of Daniel will rush here and there yep. carrying the message of the book of Daniel with them. A globalistic effort of missionary work will take yes. place as a result. And this is this is in the context of taking place just before the return of Christ. Wow. This is actually like the kind of pre... Well, we know that a lot of the contents of the book of Daniel, Jesus was talking about in Matthew 24. Yes. In fact, like you Quotes can... directly from the you book can of Daniel. Cor- you can correctly say that Matthew 24 is just Jesus expounding on the book of yes. Daniel. Yes, Because that's what he says. That's right. He says, oh, when you see the abomination desolation from the book of Daniel, uh-huh. and this is a reflection of, like, we, well, we see this concept reflected in Jesus' word, like Matthew 24, verse 14. When you see it, when you see it being fulfilled... Yeah. Well, you've got the, you know, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as a witness unto all nations. When you see it fulfilled, in other words, when your knowledge of the book of Daniel is expanded. Yeah. I've never seen this before. Yeah, it's cool, eh? It's going in my book. Because think about it. 
I will reference. I am giving. I will reference Lawson. I am giving Lyle content here. I'm going to have a look at those little reference numbers underneath yeah. it, and at the and, and and in the bibliography, it's going to go. I'm just going to write Lawso. Yeah, that's right. Well, because he says here, it's like okay, so these people, the knowledge will increase yes. at the end of time yes. when the book is unsealed, and they'll go everywhere. And he's just talked about spreading the gospel. Yeah, that's right. And he then, talks about spreading the gospel, then talks about knowledge increased. Yeah, Matthew that's right. twenty four talks about spreading the gospel. Yeah, and talk, then talks about knowledge being increased. Correct. Lyle, I read the Bible sometimes, and I come, I, I'm, I learn I'm, I'm things. So, I'm so going to reference you. In my book. <laughs> I'm so going to reference you. That's awesome. It's going to be like, That's yeah, awesome. Lawson came up with it. <laughs> don't, don't call me that, please. <laughs> call me, call me, uh, well, we'll see when the book comes out. So potentially you could call me Lawson Walters BA, but. Well, you, yeah, by the time the book comes out, I'll be able to call you Lawson Walters <laughs> Masters or PhD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, write a paper on it so I can quote it. Yeah, okay. All right, where are we up to? Uh, okay, so we're, we're talking about the spread of knowledge yes. of the book of Daniel around uh-huh. the world. Now, we have to ask ourselves the question, mm. how does this actually, you know, because Jesus, this is the context of this gospel of the kingdom going to the whole world. Mm. For that to be fulfilled, you actually have, the, have to have the means by which it can be fulfilled. Yes. And up until this particular point in history, population has grown much faster mm. than we have been able to produce missionaries. Yeah. That's the simple reality. Mm. But now for the very first time in our history, because some people say this has nothing to do with technology. No, it's all about technology. Mm. Because the first time in our history, knowledge has increased to the point where we have the technology to reach every person in our world. Yes. I mean, I on my way here this morning, I was at prayer meeting. Mm. I, I'm, you know, before COVID, we never used to do that kind of thing. Now we do it without even blinking. That's right. Everybody just zooms in at five o'clock in the morning and has prayer meeting. Yeah, one of my colleagues, uh, Hannah, she is a leader of a global prayer meeting that runs twenty four seven. So each different piece of the world has a different time slot depending on their, you know, their time zone. And so she is a part of the Australian time zone and the Japanese time zone because she's from Japan but living here in Australia. And then she runs her own separate Japanese prayer meeting. So she is living in Australia running, like helping run a global missionary effort of prayer where she interacts with people from around the world every single day. Like, is that the gospel, like, going around the world? Like, yeah. She doesn't need to get on a plane or a boat to do that. She just sits in her bed at home and talks to them. Like, this is amazing. Yes. Yes, indeed. It is. And that's and that's as a result of knowledge increasing. We, you know, even I remember back in the 90s we were excited when we started to do satellite yeah, cam- evangelistic right. campaigns worldwide. Yeah. And we're like, wow, knowledge has increased to the point where men no longer need to run to and fro. Yeah. Uh, because we can, we can reach the whole world. Well, we kind of could reach the whole world if the whole world had a satellite dish. Yeah, that's right. And the whole world didn't have a satellite dish. Mm. There were lots of places that did, but the whole world did not have a satellite dish. And so we were all getting satellite dishes and putting them on churches and that technology disappeared within a few very short years. Uh-huh. But now literally the whole world has a mobile phone. Yeah. The whole world has a smartphone. Uh-huh. I've been to. I've been to. We know. Very, we've seen it. Yeah, that's right. We have been to very, very some of the poorest 
countries in the world Lawson and I have been to and people have a smartphone. <laughs> they might not have anything else. They're our friends on Facebook, bro. Like, <laughs> that's right. They contact us on Facebook and send us messages from you know the other side of the world in broken English and it is, it's just absolutely amazing how it, you know, the, the gospel can go anywhere. They can participate in anything yeah. that we're doing here. That's right. But again, this is something that you could only say has truly happened in our generation. That's right. Mm. Impossible to be fulfilled before our generation. Mm. Yes. One of those prophecies that could never take place until now, and now it is taking place. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. This is your last chance, guys. Very last. Your last chance to go in the draw for, I would say, what is the most epic prize that we've, one of the most epic prizes that we've ever had here on The mm-hmm. Breakfast Show. You can get puzzles, jigsaw puzzles, or you can get music, you can get both. It's amazing. And... Like this and you last, get to choose which one you want. You get to choose. So you can have both, and then you get to choose what kind of puzzle and what kind of CD. Now, this last question, it's 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 what we'd call a layup. It's it's very easy where you straight you can just run straight to the hoop and throw it in. Here we go. Jesus taught the parable of the wheat and the blank. If you know the answer, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And we'll be drawing that at 8.45. So just in about 15 minutes' time, we're going to be drawing that prize. But again, that question was, Jesus taught the parable of the wheat and the blank. Yeah, Lyle is like teeth itching. He wants to get it out. 0491-064-669. All right, so Braden, the Wooden Boat Festival. This is from Suzanne. See, we've got listeners from either side of the country helping wow. each other out today. So we've got Suzanne helping out Braden, who's in Queensland. Suzanne's in uh, South Australia. Uh, the Wooden Boat Festival is April 28 to 30. In 23.3, I'm not sure about entering, but there is a Facebook site dedicated to it. Gulwa is also known as the... Cockle Train, known for the Cockle Train, a heritage steam service between Goolwa and Victor Harbour is the oldest steel railed railway in Australia dating back to 1887. Wow. This is a happening place. <laughs> so got an old train. Lyle, this is a happening place. Absolutely. Like, it's going I down. I love steam in, trains. Things, yeah. They, yeah, they are can. so epic. We have a steam train race here in uh, Maitland every year. A race? Yeah. You have two steam trains and a tiger moth, and they all race each other. A tiger, like a plane? Yes. Oh, they all have to, like, take off at the same time? Well, the plane flies over the top, so it gets a bit of a head start. Uh-huh. But it's really slow, and if it gets a headwind, it loses. Yeah. Oh. If it gets a tailwind, it might win. Okay. So it varies from one year to the but next. But the steam so the trains, trains must move then. Once they get going, they are absolutely flying. You see those guys, they are shoving <laughs> coal into them. They are just pumping it out. There's... Does everyone does everyone wear like old timey outfits? No, not really. Maybe they They should do that. Like if you're working on the train, if you're shoveling the coal, you should wear like a flat cap and like a you know some button up shirt or something. That would be cool. You're you're enamored by some text messages here. Yeah, I am. I'm just distracted. Okay, so Sky wants to know about the prayer group that Hannah is a part of the twenty four seven prayer group. Yes, please, and wants to know how to how to be a part of that. 
Well, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We'll get uh, we'll get back to you on that scar. I'll send you some information. But yeah, yeah. So it's why I not? think it's called Global Prayer twenty four seven. I can get you in contact with someone who will be able to give you all the information. That's an awesome. That's an awesome thing to be involved in. So yeah. and give th- us a call here, and and when we will tell you all about it. You can join the uh, Global Prayer. Pre- Meeting. That's right. Essentially, yeah, Australia has a half an hour or one hour time slot, and you can just drop in, say some prayers. Um, they pray in like a certain style. You just go in and you pray according to the category that they're in, whether it's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, or supplication, you know, and uh, and you can leave. And it's really, really good. It's happening There was all one the of time. these prayer meetings that, that, that started, a uh, similar, similar prayer meeting to this started, uh, it was about six hundred years ago. Yeah, of course. And uh, it was they, by Moravians. Yes. And so they started this prayer meeting, and then they're like, "Well, let's end up missionaries." And all their missionaries died except for two. Uh huh. And so they, they they kept their prayer meeting going. The prayer meeting lasted for four hundred years. Wow. It resulted in the conversion of John Wesley, uh-huh. which resulted in the conversion of like half the world. Hmm. Uh, maybe not half the world, but. A massive chunk of the world, probably half of the UK. Yes. It resulted in the UK avoiding a revolution like the French Revolution mm-hmm. uh, just through the preaching of John Wesley. Wow. Uh, so, you know, prayer is powerful. Let's, I'd, I'd encourage you guys, give us a call here. We will set you up and you can become a part of it there with uh, Hannah, her 24-7 prayer meeting. Mm. Okay. Uh, let's uh, get back to our Bible study. Where were we? We were in I'm Daniel so 12. Let's just do this next week as well. Verse 4. <laughs> so going to do this next week. Um, the, sh- sh- the, the crucible, guys. That's why we love DC. Yes. Okay. So we were talking about the gospel going to the whole world mm. and the technology. Oh, that's right. Uh, Brett's texted through here to say that the rocks are literally crying out. As Jesus prophesied, it would maybe we are keeping silent. Mm. So a computer chips a rock, right? Yeah. It's crying. How out. crazy is that? We taught rocks how to think, and now we can use them to spread the gospel. It's amazing. Maybe God taught us to teach rocks how to think so that the gospel could be spread through the use mm. of rocks. That's right. That's just... Because they use crystals as well, I, I, I believe. You, the, the new technology is to move away from silicon to crystals. Really? Yeah. I've... I don't really know about that, but anyway. There has been some technology floating around the place. But that's fascinating observation. Mm. The increase of knowledge. I mean, you look at how much knowledge has increased in my lifetime. You probably haven't seen it as much as I have, but I lived before the computer generation. Yeah, that's right. I was in primary school probably year five, maybe year six, when I first saw a computer for the very first time. Mm. Lawson was born into the digital age. I remember the first time I ever saw a computer and was absolutely wowed and amazed because it had a 7K hard drive. Wow. That's Do you even know what a K is? Yeah, a kilobyte. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. So who uses those these days? We use, I mean, terabytes is where things start. Well, not quite. I mean, okay. But... I think you all get the point. Knowledge has increased unbelievably dramatically mm. in recent years. Yeah. You know, you look at the James Webb Telescope, which is seeing things 13.8 billion light years away. Mm. Hadn't even been dreamed of when I was a kid. You can brush your teeth with, with robots. Nanobots. With nanobots. <laughs> 
So the increase of knowledge is directly related to the increase of the knowledge of the book of Daniel and the ability for people to be able to rush backwards and forwards sharing the message of the book of Daniel. Mm. What you've got here, though, is an important identifying characteristic of God's people at the end of time because it's important, you know, in in a world where people claim there's 43,000 different, you know, Christian churches, which is an incorrect claim, but where that claim is made, people are like, well, how do you actually find the truth? This is one of the ways you find Mm. a truth, the truth. The Bible says that just before the Jesus comes back, knowledge of the book of Daniel will increase, mm. and as a result of that, people will be motivated by missionary effort to spread the message of the book of Daniel. Yes. So you simply need to find out which church knows the most about the book of Daniel and is doing the most to spread that message around the world. <laughs> Problem solved right there. Oof. There you go. Verse 5. Verse 5. The Bible says, Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite sides of the banks of the river. Yeah, it's an interesting verse. So he sees some people? He sees some people. They're standing there. I don't think we have a whole sermon on this verse. Oh, okay. We probably should read another one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) One of them asked a man dressed in linen who was now standing above the river, how long until the shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen who was standing above the river raised both of his hands toward heaven, took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, It will go on for a time, times, and half a time. When the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. Okay, so here we have the time, times, and half a time. Mentioned a bunch of different places in the Bible. Seven different places in the Bible is mentioned. 1,260-year period is Mm. what it refers to. um, Day for year principle. That is a long period of persecution of Christianity. And the question we're going to come back next week and ask is, why does God allow it? Mm. Why does God allow his people to be persecuted for so many long years? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We're about to get into question of the day. But before we do... We have a most important thing to do, which it's we do time on Fridays. For the draw for the quiz. It's the end of the week. That's right. It's the preparation day. Uh-huh. The Bible calls Friday the preparation day. It does. This is a good name for it. Uh-huh. Prepare for the weekend. Uh-huh. Prepare specifically for the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But on our preparation day, we're going to be able to bless somebody uh-huh. with a jigsaw puzzle and a music CD. Of their choosing. Album. Yes. So right now, let's spin the wheel. So it is currently spinning. Unfortunately, we don't have it hooked up. Oh, how come we can't hear it? It's it's all right. It's all right. Okay, it's spinning. There's so many names. It's so small. I can't see. It's but yet. do we have a winner? <laughs> yes, we do have a winner. So we're now going to try to get them on the phone. Okay. Um, but before we get them on the phone, let's let's read some answers for today. Answers. Firstly, King Nebuchadnezzar had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego cast into... I made a funny joke about this, and Lyle refused to laugh, um, but they were cast into a furnace. Because I was like, oh, they were cast into like a shape or something. I don't know. Um, the four horses in Revelation 6 are what colours? White, red, black, and pale. Okay, this is a contentious one, because some people gave a bunch of different answers. But how many wives did Solomon have? Seven hundred. Seven hundred is the answer. Seven hundred wives, three hundred concubines. That's correct. The fruits of the spirit are listed in which book of the New Testament? Galatians. That they are. All right, and finally, Jesus taught a parable on the wheat and the weeds. The the tares. Weeds. The tares. Weeds. The 
the test. Weeds. Congratulations if you got all those correct. Well, we actually have our winner on the phone right now. And so, Vincent, congratulations. Are, are you there with us? Yeah, good morning. Yes, you have won. <laughs> Thank you. How guys. good. Yeah. Get stoked. Yeah. So, we'll uh, we'll get producer Shannon. She'll ask you and, and talk to you about which kind of puzzle and which kind of... Uh, She'll run through with you the, the various options that we have. That's right. All right. But you yeah. know what this means? What? Like... Well, this isn't necessarily means, a cookbook means, or something, but you just still have to invite us over. To puzzle night at Vincent's house. That's right. That's what <laughs> no it means. Worries. If anyone wins any prize, regardless of what it is, you have to invite us over to enjoy it with you. Because so, so. <laughs> we never get oh, to win geez. prizes. <laughs> so, congratulations, Vincent. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. You guys, you, anytime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, praise God. Well, puzzle hey. night anytime. Just give us a call. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm keen to come over. Let's go. Well, hey, we're going to jump into questions of the day now so i guess we just all we have to do is hit the button question of the day all right lala question of the day yes how then does jesus not know of his of the time of his return only jehovah so okay so the question is asking is asking the asking here that jesus doesn't know when he's coming back which is true in matthew 24 uh-huh he states that only his father knows that. Uh-huh. But the questioner hasn't said that. The questioner has said only Jehovah knows that. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem because Jesus is Jehovah. Yahweh, Jehovah. Bum, bum, that is the bum. name of that is literally the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. And people get confused over that, like, oh, isn't it the name of the Father? Yes, it's the name of the Father as well. They both have exactly the same name. So if you go back to, say, for instance, Genesis chapter 18, the Bible says, and uh, Yahweh appeared unto him, or Jehovah appeared unto Abraham in the plains of Mamre, as he sat in the door of his tent. And he lifted up his eyes and looked. Three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them uh, from the door of his tent and bowed himself towards the ground. And so this turns out to be Jehovah and three angels. The Bible goes on how Jehovah gives a prophecy to Abraham about his descendants and then gives a prophecy to Abraham about the destruction of Sodom and they negotiate backwards and forwards as to whether Sodom should be destroyed or spared depending on how many righteous people there are in Sodom. And it turns out that Sodom is destroyed because there's only probably one righteous person that is there in Sodom. And that was his nephew Lot. Mm. Uh, but what is interesting, when you go through the story a little bit further, well, actually, before we go through the story a little bit further, Jesus speaks about this event. Mm. Uh, if we go over to the Gospel of John, mm. Jesus references this event where he says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it. Mm. Now, the Jews were not confused about what Jesus was claiming right here because they said to him, You're not even yet 50 years old. Have you seen Abraham? Jesus then turns around and says, Truly, truly, before uh, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. And so here Jesus claims to be the great I am that met Moses in the burning bush. Jesus claims to be the Jehovah that met Abraham on the plains of Mamre. Okay, so we go back to the story of Abraham and the plains of Mamre, and we continue on here. I want you to notice this very, very significant uh, verse when you come to chapter 19 mm. and verse 24, where the Bible says, The Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. 
uh, the word Lord here is the word Jehovah. I want you to catch very, very clear Jehovah or Yahweh, depending on which one you want to use. Yahweh is a more correct one. We don't know the correct pronunciation. But here's what it literally reads. Then Jehovah, who was standing there with Abraham having a conversation, rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Jehovah in heaven. Notice here the Bible very, very clearly says that there is a Jehovah that is on earth that is speaking with Abraham. That's Jesus. Mm. Because Jesus claims that himself. That, that one was me. That's what Jesus says in the Gospel of John. He's like, that one was me. The Jews are not confused once again because at that instant they pick up stones to stone him to death because he just claimed to be God. So Jesus says, the one that was talking with Abraham on earth, that was me. So who's the one that's in heaven? Clearly, that one is the Father. Mm. They are both Jehovah or Jehovah or Yahweh, whichever, you know, and there are a number of different pronunciations that you can use in relationship to uh, who this particular person is. Okay, so we need to be very, very clear about that first of all. Now we need to understand what's going on in Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew 24, let's, let's just turn over there very quickly because there is this passage where Jesus is preaching a sermon about his return and he states the fact that he does not know the date of his return, that his Father in heaven is the only one who knows the date. Uh, where are we here? In verse 36, it says, But of that day and hour knows no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Well, how is that possible? Once again, we need to remember that Jesus came to live on this earth not as God. Yes. Because we know how God lives. Mm. He came to live on this earth as a human so that we could learn how humans live. We don't need to know how God lives. We need to know how a human can live. And as a human, he has no idea the date of his return. But he knows that his Father in heaven does. Uh And he states that. He is stating this in his humanity. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. Of course, as you go through the day, spend some time with Jesus and spend some time in Bible study by yourself. There's no substitute for it. Do not forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Securely fold you